Hello and welcome to this episode of Feed, Play, Love and Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue and she's joining us again to help everyone who has a baby or small child and needs a little bit of direction. Chris has been a Mothercraft nurse for over 30 years and she's helped families with all sorts of things, it might be feeding, sleeping, behaviour, sleeping, maybe a bit more sleeping (laughs) and while she normally is in the studio with me because of lockdown and social distancing she is joining us via her lounge room on zoom hi chris how are you i'm really well thank you good to see your face and i'm sure it is many parents out there thinking the same thing. She's back. Awesome. So you have a number of ways you can ask Chris your questions. If you're watching us live via the Facebook stream, you can pop your questions below. Or if you want to get a question in for next week, send it, if you're listening by via podcast, I should say, send an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. That's helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. We won't get to them this particular helpline, but we will see them for next week. So let's get stuck into it. We do have quite a few questions from the email. So the first one is from Alice. She says, my son has just turned one. Prior to two weeks ago, he was a predictable and consistent sleeper. Two weeks ago, he started waking early around 5, 5.30 a.m. instead of 6, 6.30 a.m. and has been fighting naps and his nighttime sleep so much that some nights he screamed on and off for two hours and then we had to hold him to sleep. His daytime naps have also become shorter and have gone from one hour in the morning to 25 to 40 minutes and almost two hours in the afternoon to one almost one and a half hours. We follow Chris's nine to 12 month schedule. He eats well and is now drinking cow's milk. How do I get him back to sleeping well? Now, before you answer that question, Chris, I'll just mention for people who don't already know that Chris has a book called Bringing Baby Home. We'll pop links in the notes of this episode. If you'd like to grab yourself a coffee, copy and a coffee, which is what we all need. Chris, um, how would you help? So it sounds like this little one also might've gone off his sleep around the time that daylight saving hit and he might have got overtired and it's just been you know compounding after that so the first thing I would think now that he's only doing really short sleeps of 20 minutes or 40 minutes is maybe he needs three of those sleeps in the day um, the third one could be a little tricky to get and it might involve a cuddle but it, what it would do is not have him so overtired by the end of the day and therefore help to correct his sleep at night. And once I think you get the momentum of him sleeping better at night, then the momentum of his day sleeps will come back in. So we're going to take a little step backwards here. And then once we've got the three sleeps in the day, so she just works on getting him to sleep, maybe not the resettling and pop the three sleeps in. Then overnight, she could do a much more gentler, Alice could do a, a much more gentler approach at getting him to resettle. So maybe instead of leaving him a period of time, which you would normally do for a, for a one-year-old, maybe only leave him a couple of minutes and get in there and sort of, you know, hand on the shoulder and pat him back so that he doesn't get himself so worked up that she has to come all that get him out of the cot and calming down and get him to sleep in arms. And then that become the problem. 
So I think in this case, we're dealing with the, the classic overtired baby who was sleeping well. And the fact that he was sleeping well, as opposed to a baby who hasn't slept well and is still going a year later, is that if we can correct the overtiredness, I bet his sleep comes back fairly quickly. So probably try three sleeps in the day if they're quite short sleeps. And then really gentle, get in there after two minutes or three minutes and pat him off to calm and quiet and, and sort of reduce the level of the wake up and see if that helps him correct. But it sounds like it came off the back of daylight saving. All right. Well, I hope that makes sense, Alice. Good luck. We have a question from Katie on Facebook Live. Hi, Katie. She says, I have a very active three and a half year old. We're having issues at bedtime. She still has a nap around one and a half to two hours at around 1 p.m., but now won't go to bed until 8.30 or 9 p.m. She drags out bedtime routine and we're trying to get her to sleep without fuss so she doesn't wake up her baby brother who's 10 months old. If she doesn't have a nap, She's cranky, and I have tried waking her up after an hour nap, but she just goes back to sleep. So my question is, should I be strict about nap time length and also get her to bed earlier? 9 p.m. seems too late for a three-and-a-half-year-old. She'll normally wake up at 6, 6.30 a.m., and also most nights comes into our bedroom. And that's from Katie. Right. So for this one, Katie, I think it's just... Um basically getting rid of the day sleep, but doing it in a gradual way so she doesn't keep getting herself overtired. And I think any mum with a child where they first drop that last sleep, that one sleep, that next week is a little tricky and we've got to know what to do with them. So if she's having an hour and a half sleep, if you took that hour and a half off that nine o'clock sleep time she now she's now doing, she would be in bed at 7.30, which is much more reasonable for a child of three and a half. So for this week, I would just give her an hour's sleep and that might get her into bed about 8.30 and that hour's sleep would need to be before 2 o'clock. So putting her down at 1 and getting her up at 2. Waking her slowly, getting her up, cuddling her on the couch for a little bit until she fully wakes up. Next week, I'd probably only do 20 minutes. I'd do it incidentally on the couch where I might put a pillow on the couch and say, mummy's reading a book, I need you to lay here. And she just dozes off in a much lighter sleep. And then the third week, I would stop the sleep altogether. You need to know she's going to be fragile by the end of the day. So I'd bring her dinner forward. I'd I'd feed her earlier. I'd do her bath much earlier. So I might be giving her dinner at quarter to five, a bath at half past five. She might be in bed at 6.30 or 7 in that first week. But I think you'd find over that second week, she'll be more reasonable and she'll go to bed between 7 and 7.30. So I think it's directly, this one is how much sleep she has in the day is affecting the way she goes down at night. So having to think about it planning it out is going to be much better for her than today i'm having an hour an hour and a half sleep and tomorrow i'm not because mm. be really fragile it is hard to give up those sleeps I it is yeah um this question comes from sonia on facebook live uh my seven month old baby is teething four teeth at once and waking every two hours i'm giving panadol Panadol every four hours and breastfeeding. What else can I do? I'm back at work too. Excellent. What a whole cluster of stuff happening, huh? Um, so it depends on how many days. It doesn't quite tell us, does it, that how many days this has been going on. So I think 
people, children obviously teeth and they all teeth differently. And some children, they just wake up in the morning, they've got teeth. Other children, um, it's quite a, they're giving birth to them. Like it's quite a process. He's got four teeth coming through. So um, to be teething, the baby has to be quite irritable both day and night. So if this little fellow is quite happy in the day and ticking all the boxes for mum and then at night he's waking up two or three times overnight, my question is, is he really teething? Or is it just that he's waking, but, you know, it's a time frame when teeth do come through? So if the Panadol, if you're giving him Panadol every four hours, it should be working and he shouldn't require a breastfeed to go back to sleep. So he's getting a few little mixed messages here. So because we don't know what he was doing prior to the teething, then um, it's going to make it this difficult. But I assume that as a seven-month-old, he was probably having one feed overnight. So we need to get him back to one feed overnight. And so that first wake up of the night, then I would be, if you need, feel you need to give him something for his teeth, give it to him, but he won't need the breastfeed. So maybe your partner going in, giving that um, Panadol, whatever it is that you're giving for the teething, and then him settling him so that he doesn't get these two mixed messages that might take him, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then putting him back to sleep. And then the next time he wakes, if it's appropriate to do something for his teething, then do that, then he'll have his breastfeed. Then the third time he wakes, that'll be a resettle. And just start to wean him gently off the pattern that he's in at the moment. If he's really, really irritable with teething both day and night, the teeth do take somewhere between three days to a week to come through. So after that period you have to really judge whether it's the teething behaviour or it's behaviour that's come from that and, and start to correct it. But the way I just spoke about settling the first time, feeding the second and settling the third time will definitely help swing this back into a nice pattern of sleeping better at night. And do you have any mother craft nursey tips on um, if it is teething and their gums are swollen? Are there, are there any things that you would give them to alleviate that pain other other than Panadol yeah um I, I I think coolness definitely helps so you know biting on something that's cool because if you think of an, a swollen area anything that's cool going in there will be much more soothing so that's why you know those teether rings do really come in not that the baby wants to hold it you might have to hold it for them to suck on it but if those gums are bright red and swollen then often that coolness does help I think it's a really individual thing. I really do. So I think um, some mums will go for the medication line and other mums might go for teething gels or teething powders. I think it's trying to find that thing that works for your child, but it doesn't go on for weeks and weeks. And I think that's what we have to be really careful of. And it doesn't happen just at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You'll be irritable, you know, if you put a spoon in there. You'll be irritable you know, in lots of different ways. So make sure you're looking at the really big picture. Yeah, and good luck, Sonia. I don't think that would be much fun, whatever's going on as well as working. Uh, This is an email from Kathleen. 
She says, uh, hi, Chris, needing some help with my eight and a half months old and her overnight waking habits. She's having inconsistent nighttime wakings. She always wakes four hourly for feeds, sometimes wakes every two hours. When she wakes two hourly, she can be up long enough for the next feed to roll around. Yeah, fun. This is all becoming very exhausting, especially as the two hourly wakes come with a lot of crying and she's not easy to settle. She will almost always feed between 10 and 11 and between 2 and 3 a.m. Typically, when I put her to the breast, she won't start feeding straight away, which makes me think she can't be that hungry. She'll then eventually suck for only about a minute, sometimes more. She feeds from both sides. Often at night time, she'll feed, uh, the last feed will be 10 to 15 minutes before, oh, sorry, feed will last 10 to 15 minutes before I put her back in her cot. She will settle quite quickly after a feed and again, I am able to leave the room and she's either asleep or takes herself off to sleep with, that, with little drama. Um, a few more details. She eats quite a bit, maybe up to half a cup of food, give or take, particularly at dinner, but sometimes both lunch and dinner. Breakfast is a few tablespoons. Often she continues to demand the solids and could keep eating, keeps her mouth open for the next spoonful. However, we will stop at a certain point so as not to impact on the breastfeeding. She has four breastfeeds in the day and demands both sides. I try to space out the solids and breastfeeds as best I can. So breakfast is usually between six and seven, which is wheat bix. Lunch at 12, which is uh, veggies, dal, yogurt. Dinner is 4.35, veggies, dal, yogurt. Daily sleeps. She's a very good napper during the day, and when she's first put to bed at night, she'll take herself off to sleep once she's in her sleep suit, and we have left the room. Uh, She normally wakes around five to six, more often at five. Up until about a week ago, we would just feed her when she woke, but now I try and feed her at the same time to encourage a consistent wake-up. Haven't seen much progress there yet. Morning sleeps about an hour. She will sometimes catnap in the pram at about 11.30 um, and it's only ever five to ten minutes. Afternoon sleep is two hours and bedtime is between 6.30 and 7. So her questions are, should we be limiting solids in the day as we have been doing or do we feed until she tells us she's full? And second, how do we stop the wakings in between feedings overnight and eventually how do we stop overnight feeds? When is it reasonable to expect a baby with this daily routine to begin to sleep through the night? I think, Kathleen, this is a feeding issue. I mean, it is a sleep issue in that she's waking up, but the length of the feeds that she's doing overnight suggest that it is a feeding issue. So this is terrible cat and mouse thing that happens. Like if they get up and feed in terms of breastfeeding well at night, they won't breastfeed very well in the day. So therefore they present really hungry. So in general, in her day, she needs two sleeps. So I try and cut the cat nap out and do the two sleeps. One of about an hour and a half, one of about two hours. So overall, she's getting the right sleep in in essence. Her food, I think she could have more food. So I think she could have almost up to a cup for breakfast, like she said she was having Weepix, it'd be like two thirds of the Weepix with a little bit of milk and a little bit of fruit in it. And for dinner, I think she could go for two thirds of a cup to a cup. So maybe she is hungry. So she'd have three meals, four breastfeeds, two sleeps. That would make up her day. Her feeds for her age probably take her 
her milk feeds probably take her up to three to five minutes on each side. So if the first thing I do, Kathleen, is look at that first. So do I breastfeed her four times? Do I offer her three meals? Does she have two sleeps in the day? And it pretty much sounds like she does, but I think we could increase her food a little bit. At lunchtime, I wouldn't necessarily increase the volume. I'd just add some finger food in there to play with, like toast fingers or cucumber sticks or something along those lines. Once you've got that pattern going, then I think you start on your nights. And as for the previous caller, what we would do is the first wake up she does, maybe send the partner in and get her to set, get them to settle. So a couple of minutes of crying, going in, laying her down, patting her, patting till calm and sleepy. If she gets too worked up, little cuddle back down and repeating that till she goes to sleep. And that could take the best part of half an hour, 40 minutes to do. The second time she wakes up, giving her that good breastfeed. And then the third time she wakes up, she gets resettled. Over a few days, you should see her extending into an eight-hour sleep and then doing a feed and then down through till the morning. Once you get to that point and she's in that nicely, then I would just wean off that last feed. So, and I'd probably do that when you're both mutually ready to do that. But technically, by nine months, she probably doesn't need a feed overnight and you could start to wean that last feed off. So I think if you step back and structure it, you're going to get more clarity as to what the problem might be. Brilliant. Well, good luck, Kathleen. Um, our next question comes from Carly on Facebook Live. I'm having a tough time with my six-month-old daughter sleeping through the night, which is what I thought would happen by now. I've just had success in turning her day naps around from 40-minute cat naps to establish two to three-hour stretches by swaddling and playing lullabies. Well done. That is huge. But come 6 p.m., she goes back to an hour power nap and up again until 10 p.m. She then wakes up three to six times a night, sometimes hourly, and after six months, the broken sleep is killing me. I want to return to work soon, so I desperately need help. She will happily fall back to sleep on the breast, and I can put her back down happily, so I'm not convinced she wakes up hungry. She's breastfed every three hours, and she's also started solids. I have a two-year-old at home as well, and they will eventually be sharing a bedroom. How can I teach her to self-settle at night? There's a lot going on here. One part of this makes me think she has a lot of sleep in the day if she's having stretches of two to three hours of sleep. Mm. So a baby of her age at six months would have four milk feeds, two meals, two sleeps and one nap, and the total amount in the day is probably only four hours. So is she, the first question is, is she maybe getting a lot of sleep in the day and that's not helping the cause at night. And also she seems to, off the back of that, be going to sleep for the night at 6, 6 p.m. So I think in this case she's going down too early. So she's having a nap and thinking then that there's a whole nother cycle of day. So I'd be trying, if she's having two to three hours of sleep, you should be able to easily get her to about 6.30 or 7 o'clock at night for her last feed. And that might help her go through the night a little bit easier. And then um, at, in the day, she should be feeding about every three and a half to four hours. So um, maybe if she started, obviously, she was saying she starts a day about 5.30 by the sounds of it. So 5.30, then about nine, 
then about 12.30, then there'd be dinner in there at about 4, 4.30, and then a final breastfeed at 6.30, quarter to 7. We'd probably have a better feel for the feeds in the day and breakfast in there at about 7. So once we get that pattern going, then I think we can start on our nights. And again, when she wakes up in that first um, four to six hour period, that maybe she gets resettled in that period. So going in, giving cuddles, pat, rock and putting down. And that's a good time to get your partner to come in and do that because they're usually awake at that point. And then the bub doesn't necessarily see mum coming into the room. So at that point, I would get somebody else to do some resettling. The next one, nice big breastfeed, and then see if you can do some resettling on the last feed of the, uh, the last wake up of the morning, that one she's doing around three or four in the morning. And I think if we slowly get this pattern going, like the previous questions, it'll start to form a pattern where she more moves into one sleep overnight so i mean sorry one feed overnight so to in order to get her settled giving her a few minutes to settle herself if not going in hand on the shoulders and patting if she gets too worked up a little cuddle coming her down popping her back down and back into the padding again now this will take a few nights to do the first two nights it'll feel like the never-ending settling but it's usually the third and the fourth night that it all starts to come together for you and i think you'll start to see the progress that you've made start working and her sleeping a bit longer. Okay, good luck, Carly. This question comes from Grace on Facebook Live. How much water should an eight-month-old baby who has started solid food have during the day? It's not an amount, um, but it is a common question. So it's more that we offer the water to them. I usually at eight months would offer when they're having a meal, I'd offer them water. At eight months, sometimes they do beautifully with a straw. Some babies aren't ready for a straw at that point. I personally think they drink more when you use an open cup and take it to their lips and guide it to their lips because they'll actually drink as opposed to sip. But it's very individual. But there's not a certain calculated amount that they would need as long as they're taking water they'll be fine Uh, this question comes from sam on email my baby is 14 months old turned that in on the 11th of feb and we have just done three days of transitioning to one sleep as he was taking 40 minutes to go down for each nap and stretched the day too late resulting in a late bedtime stretching him to 11 30 is fine and he generally does two two hours but He's now waking for around an hour at midnight, possibly from being overtired from the transition. How do I resolve this and stop the night waking? Is it just a case of writing it out and letting him get used to one nap? Okay, so Sam, he's now 16 months old, as far as I can calculate. If he was 14 on, in February, he's now 16. So you could probably move his day sleep to about 12 o'clock and he'd sleep to about 2, 2.30. Um, and then that would put him into bed around 7, 7.30, depending on how well he's coping. It doesn't matter if it's 7 or 7.30. I think the wake up at 12 o'clock has nothing to do with what's going on in the day because he seems to be doing well in the day in terms of length of sleep when he does sleep. So I think that's more about just waking up. And now that it's getting a bit cooler, he could be waking up because he's cold. So check the environment and what he's wearing and make sure he's snug and warm. 
Um, and then the second thing is, I think it's probably just a bit of settling that needs to be done. But I don't think that 12 o'clock wake up is related to his one sleep in the day. But the one sleep in the day could move out a little bit further. So he's probably not, maybe is overtired by the end of the day. So I'd move his day sleep, um, have him awake by 2.30 at the very latest put him down between 7 and 7.30. And then I think the 12 o'clock at night is about resettling. So letting him go for a little bit, then going in, laying him down and patting him um, and then repeating that till he settles. And then I think you'll see that he'll start pushing through. But now that we're in this sort of autumny weather, it's not unusual for babies to start waking because they're cold. So, and even their sheets get cold. So they move in their sleep and that's what wakes them. So maybe thinking about, you know, changing the type of sheeting that they might have on their, on their cot, making sure they've got, you know, warmer clothing on um, and thicker maybe sleeping bags. And you might find that makes the difference at night. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, Sam, good luck with that. We have an email from Fiona. She says, how can we stop my two-year-old, two years and three months to be exact, from hitting his dad? They've always engaged in rough and tumble play, but things have been escalating for some time now with scratching, biting and hitting. Often this was during playtime, but now it's spontaneous and often when my husband isn't looking. The toddler runs up and hits or scratches or bites him. Today he has started throwing toys and shoes at him. My husband initially tried to turn his outbursts into play, which didn't work, and now we have been asking him to stop disengaging and distraction, but it doesn't seem to work. What should we do? This child is a very gentle thoughtful, loving boy, apart from these outbursts. He doesn't do it with anyone else. He sleeps well with me in my bed, naps two hours at midday, spends lots of time with his grandparents who are living with us, and is gentle and loving with his four-month-old sister. I really feel for my husband with this issue, and it's a bit stressful to manage, and we are running out of ideas. I think he thinks the hitting, kicking and biting is a way of telling dad he wants to play. Right. Because in the play, that's what they were doing. Well, they weren't hitting, kicking and biting, but it got to that stage in the rough play. So I think he's a little bit confused how to engage dad to let him know that he he wants to have some time or play with him. And the way that I would get around this is, is have a bit of an understanding. Now, all kids at some point will hit, kick or bite, but they usually do it quite randomly and to a lot of people. The fact that he does it to his dad and he does it only to his dad and had been doing it in play, probably leads me to believe that he might think that's the way you engage someone. So I'd preempt this a little bit and maybe when dad's at home, just come in and play without him needing to ask. So maybe in dad's mind, two or three times, depends whether he's at home working or not, but two or three times within the day, he just spontaneously gets up and plays with him and then really praises him for playing well. Not saying, oh, this was good because you didn't bite me, but actually just praising him, well, didn't we play well, you know? The other thing I'd encourage, using your words. You know, every mum and dad knows this. You need to use your words. So when he does lash out, is to get down on his level and say, look, we need to use words for this. We don't hit and bite in this family. You need to say, Daddy, can you help me? Or Daddy, can we play? So I think this is more about how he doesn't know how to initiate the play when he wants it more than it is about bad behaviour. That's a nice idea, isn't it? Look, we've got time for one last email. I'm going to squeeze it in. This is from Sarah. 
We've been reading Chris's book in preparation for and following the arrival of our baby. Now she's here, we hope to follow Chris's suggested rhythm for our baby to establish good sleeping habits. We're about to hit the three-week mark net tomorrow, so want to switch to encouraging the rhythm suggested by Chris. However, our baby is suffering from reflux, so currently needs to be held upright for 30 minutes after each feed and often has trouble staying asleep in her bassinet when she's having tummy issues. What does Chris suggest in terms of establishing a rhythm for a reflux or colicky baby? It's difficult to put the baby down awake and to encourage her to settle with just patting and rocking when she's struggling with reflux. Okay, so this is a bit complex, um, very complex, but thank you for, for looking at the book and using it as a guide. That's really lovely. But with reflux babies, it's very difficult. So it depends on is she medicated, is she not medicated, because that keeping them up for half an hour will make them overtired. And I think then you've got that window of the overtiredness playing into this. So for this one, there's a few more moving factors that I probably need to know. So is she medicated? If she is, then we don't need to keep her up for the half an hour. But what I would probably do is she has the feed, then um, she needs to be in an upright position, not necessarily a full half an hour. And I think you need to be really careful with that. It depends where and who is giving you the information. But at least within that time, she might have had a little bit of face-to-face time and she's oohing and gooing. She's got to three weeks, she might be able to tolerate a bit of time in a bouncy chair as part of that upright time and, and engaging with you. Then as you come in closer to that hour or she's showing tide signs like the jerky movement, the start of whinging from relaxation, then I would pick her up and I would at least wrap her to give her the cue for sleep cuddle her that would still have her up in an in an upright position and then laying her down in the bed now if the reflex reflux is managed well you should still be able to lay her down in her bed and it's still going to take a little bit of um, rocking and patting and picking her up again to give comfort and then putting her back down again but it is a little bit more complex when they're suffering from reflux because it depends whether she's a bottle-fed baby or a breastfed baby or medicated or not medicated. So there's a few more moving parts. But if she'd like to give us a bit more information, I'm sure we could put it together with her. But use the upright time as part of the settling of the baby. All right. Well, um, following on from that, Sarah, I would just uh, shoot us an email and we'll have a look at it and Chris can tweak it a bit next week. Uh, But Chris, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. You take care. And thank you, everyone, for your questions. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. And remember, if you have a question for Chris, you can email us for next week. It's helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or you can join us again live at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and uh, pop your questions below the video. In the meantime, if you feel you need a one-on-one consultation with Chris or any of our other experts at Babyology Sleep School, um, we'll put the links in the notes underneath Facebook. I'll include them in the podcast as well. So you can book a direct one-on-one with our experts. So um, keep well and we will speak again next week. See you later, Chris. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.